Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 6. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you haven't been with us, we have been doing a verse-by-verse study through the Gospel of Matthew, and I don't know, it's been several months now that we have been in the Sermon on the Mount. And as I told you, the Sermon on the Mount is probably one of the most misunderstood, got a pen? Write this down. The Sermon on the Mount is probably one of the most misunderstood passages in all of the Bible. Because people read the Sermon on the Mount, And they say, well, you know, that's not so bad being a Christian. I mean, all this Christian stuff in the Sermon on the Mount and, you know, it talks about not murdering people. And I never murdered anyone and talks about not committing adultery and fornication. And I've never done all these things. So people read the Sermon on the Mount or people read the Ten Commandments or people read the Golden Rule and they say, hey, I can do that. Not a big deal. Now, when you really get behind the heart And into the heart of the Sermon on the Mount, which is exactly what Jesus is doing as he's sitting on the hillside in the area of the Galilee. And the disciples are standing there and Jesus is speaking to them and he's trying to get to the heart of the Sermon on the Mount. Not just the letter of the law. Jesus is accentuating the spirit of the law rather than the letter of the law. And so when Jesus says you shall not murder Well, he's not talking about the fact that you physically took a weapon and killed someone. He's saying, hey, if you've ever said something bad about someone or you've ever said raka to someone on the 440 as they cut you off. Raka means idiot. Raka means dummy. If you've ever called anybody, then you have murdered them. And so the Sermon on the Mount actually says to us all, We are all murderers. We are all adulterers. And we are all sinners. And thus the Sermon on the Mount is intended to drive you to Christ. Man, if you look at chapter 5, verse 48, it's clear. Be perfect. Even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Well, who can be perfect? No one can be perfect. No one is perfect. It doesn't take long to know that there's no perfect people. You can be married for more than one week and you will find out. Your spouse is not perfect. No, they're not. They leave the toothpaste top off the toothpaste. The guys leave the seat up. You see? Who's perfect? Jesus says you be perfect. You know, people say to me, I live by the Sermon on the Mount. You know what I say to them? Good luck. You're going to be righteous by the Sermon on the Mount? Good luck. Yeah. Because no one can be perfect. But 
When we give our hearts to Jesus, we place ourselves in Christ. Now the Bible sees us and God sees us in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And that, my friend, is what makes us perfect. It's because of the son, the S-O-N. That's why we're perfect. And we can be perfect. So the point of the Sermon on the Mount is to drive you to Christ. So you say, I can't do it. I need to trust him. You see, not only does the Sermon on the Mount, watch this, drive us to Christ, but it also directs us in Christ. What do you mean, Rodney? Well, you remember in chapter five, we talked about it. Jesus was dealing with the inner attitudes. And here in chapter six, he began to deal with the outward activity. We talked about giving last week, the outward activity. It drives us to Christ, but it also directs us and steers us in Christ, in our outward activity. How are we as Christians to live our lives and and be a good witness for Jesus Christ? Outward activity. Last week, we talked about giving. This morning, or this afternoon, should I say, we're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about prayer. Dealt with giving last week. Talk about prayer. Next week you come back, we're going to talk about fasting. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5. Saints, if you're there, say amen. Amen. And when you pray, Jesus says, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray. Now, (laughs) you know, if there was a period right there, this would be cool. You know, for they love the hypocrites love to pray. If there was a period right there, this would be really, really good. But there isn't. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, Jesus says, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, Pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathens do. For they think that they will be heard for their much speaking or their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things you have need of when you ask. In this manner, in verse 9, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, Father, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us, Lord, from evil, from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses in verse 14, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Very sobering. Give me your attention. Words from Jesus. Now, remember I told you last week the theme or the one woven thread in chapter 6 is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Notice in verse 2, when you give, back up in verse 2, when you give, 
Don't be like the hypocrites. Fast forward to verse 16. When you pray or when you fast, pardon me, don't fast like the hypocrites. And notice in our text in verse 5, when you pray, don't pray like the hypocrites. Three times Jesus says, don't be a hypocrite. Now the word hypocrite is the Greek word hypocrite. You can remember that or hypocrite is actually how you pronounce it. And the word hypocrite means a mask wearer. It actually means two-faced. They get that word from the Greek theater. In the Greek theater, some of you may know, they used to wear these masks. They used to act on the stage, and they would have these big masks. And one would be like a big smile, and the other might be a big frown, depending on the emotion that they were trying to communicate to the audience. And so they would wear these masks. And Jesus said, don't wear a mask. Don't be a hypocrite, especially this morning in the area of prayer. Don't be a hypocrite like the Pharisees. Jesus goes on to say, well, they're hypocrites. Why? Because they stand on the streets and in the corners and, and, and they, they make long prayers and they pray. They go to church and they pray and they do all this to be seen of men. Yeah, that's pretty heavy. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, no problem in praying. But there's a problem in praying to be seen of men. Now, you got to understand something. If you got a pen, they had three prayer times. The Jewish people had three designated prayer times in their culture. The third hour, the sixth hour, and the ninth hour. Or 9 a.m., 12 p.m., and 3 p.m. And they would faithfully gather in the synagogues to offer prayers. Faithfully gather to offer prayers at the third hour, the sixth hour, and at the ninth hour. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Jesus doesn't mind if you have designated prayer times in which you gather to pray. That's not a problem. The problem is, is when you're doing it, because your heart is so people can see you and think you're spiritual. Jesus doesn't mind you gathering for prayer. You remember Daniel? Daniel, he prayed three times a day. And they told him, you're not to pray. And Daniel said, oh, watch me. Three times a day. Not only did he have a prayer meeting, but Daniel's the man. You Say amen. You know Daniel's the man. I mean, Daniel went up, he opened the windows. You tell me not to pray. Daniel opened the window. He's probably like, God in heaven. You know, people are like, check him out. He prayed three times a day. No shame. God didn't have a problem with that. Jesus didn't have a problem with that. You see, the problem was the fact that they were or weren't seeking the Lord. They were seeking the praise and the applaud of men. You see, during these specific prayer times, as they would gather together, they would be on, get this, they would be on their way to the synagogues. And, and you, you know, I got to be honest with you, the more I'm studying the Sermon on the Mount and just kind of having to dig into the history of the Pharisees and people of God and all that, and I, I'm just amazed. I I'm, it never cease to be amazed. I come to church, I'm excited. 
I'm excited to preach. I'm excited because I, I got excited yesterday as I was getting excited to come here and tell you this cool stuff, you know. And, and so these Pharisees were something else. I mean, while they're on the way to church, while they're on their way to the synagogue to pray, they would stop on the corner and lift their hands and, Father in heaven, we, you know, go on in their long and loud prayers. While they're on the church, on the way to church. And so the message that they were seeking to communicate was that we are so desirous to get to the prayer meeting that we can't control ourselves. We can't wait. We're overflowing with prayer. And so they're on their way. They just can't wait to get to church. They can't wait to get to the prayer meeting. And so they stop on the corner, lift their hands and loud and long prayers. And the people, the onlookers would see these guys and go, oh, my gosh, you got, you're so spiritual. Look at the, oh, they're so spiritual. They're so holy. Look how they pray. Listen how loud it is. And listen how long they pray. And Jesus said, fellas, you just got your reward. You see, when people clap their hands for your spirituality and you're doing it so that they can clap their hands for, their spiritual, for your spirituality, then you got your reward. And, and, and I would encourage you to, 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 to tell them to, to clap it up. You know, if people are, oh, you're so spiritual, they're clapping for you, tell them more, more, clap more, more. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I am as spiritual as I, you know. Tell them to clap, 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 because that's all the reward you're going to get. You see, that's, that's what Jesus says. You have your reward. See, these guys love to pray when people were looking. Now, doesn't that beg the question this morning? What about us? Do we only pray when people are looking? Do you only pray when you come to church? Parents, do your children only see you pray and only see you worship the Lord when Steve Leslie's leading worship and he says, oh, well, let's all worship God. And you go, oh, yes, 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 let's worship God. Do your kids only see you pray and worship when you get to church? Because if that be the case, then, then Jesus is saying, that's hypocritical. That's hypocritical. And we wonder why when children get to a certain age where they don't have to go to church because they're old enough, they don't have to go to church, they don't go to church. It's because all of their lives they've seen so much hypocrisy in the church from us parents who are at home, we're one way, and at church, we're another way. And we've seen so much hypocrisy, we get to the place to say, well, why even go to church if there's no reality to this thing we call Christianity? Then why even bother? And so you're driving the church and you're one way, kids, you better shut your mouths. Don't make me pull this car over. We're going to the house of the Lord to worship. And the kids are, you know, and then you're like, you know, in a car, it's like, oh, don't make me. You're driving the church parking lot, walking the church. You're like, oh, praise the Lord. Oh, love you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, the Lord's so good. He's so good. Worship. Oh, we give you all our glory. And the kids are going. 
What's up with this? This is hypocrisy. And we are killing our children. And we're killing spiritually our families and our friends and our co-workers and our school. If there's no reality to this thing called Christ, if we in Christianity and Christ, if we don't walk the walk and stop talking the talk, we're hurting the name of Christ. If you understand what I'm saying, say amen. You understand? We're hurting the name of Christ and we're hurting our children. And we're doing damage to the world. What do you mean, Rodney? Yeah, I read this article last week of a young Jewish boy. He grew up in a very strict Jewish home and they honored the Shabbat, the Sabbath. And they kept all the rituals of Judaism. This boy grew up being instructed and expected to keep the Jewish celebrations. But when his family moved to a town in Germany, there was no synagogues there and hardly any Jewish people. And so his father came home one day and he said, from now on, we're going to be Lutherans. We're going to go to a Lutheran church. We're going to participate in Lutheran services. Well, this young teenage boy said, but dad, dad, you, you, you taught us that we're Jews. And, and we're to embrace our Judaism and embrace our tradition. And dad said, son. Sometimes in life, if you're going to get by in business, you've got to make some compromises and play some games. Well, this boy grew very, very bitter at his father for being a hypocrite and playing a game just for business. And soon this boy would leave Germany and bury himself in a library in London where he studied and he wrote prolifically. He was bitter against religion when he wrote these words. Religion is the opiate of the masses. Who wrote that? Who knows? Karl Marx. Karl Marx became bitter against Christ, bitter against religion. Why? Because of the hypocrisy that he saw in his family. And Karl Marx's teachings and writings are still negatively affecting humanity even to this day. So we got to be careful. This whole thing of hypocrisy. Walk the walk, saints. Walk the walk, saints. Walk the walk, saints. It's walking the walk and not necessarily talking the talk is what's going to win your friends and draw your family. I'm not saying never share the gospel. We are commanded to do that. But if we share the gospel and we don't walk the walk as Christians, what good is that? As a matter of fact, we're hurting them. And especially as it relates to our children. What happens is when you, when you live the life of a Christian at home, you don't only worship when you come to church. You worship when, when you're home. You worship in your car. You, get, you just worship. You just are a worshiper. Your kids hear you praying on the phone with someone. The kids hear you just, just singing, humming a song for Jesus. You know, that starts to send a witness and send a message to your children. And then when they grow up, you'll be proud of them because they will do the same. They will. But it starts with you. And it starts with me. Not being a hypocrite. 
one way at home and another way at church. Jesus says, don't be a hypocrite when you pray because the hypocrites pray to be seen and heard of men. And when people give you applause and when people clap and think you're so spiritual, you got your reward. Again, let me just say Jesus isn't against public prayer. He's not against public prayer. He's pointing out that if the only time you pray is in public, this is hypocritical. If the only time you pray is in public. Now, I don't know about you, but I was trying to explain to them first and second service that I've been in a lot of prayer meetings in my life and Christian life and a lot of prayer circles in, in my Christian life. And, 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 and quite honestly, I, I have to admit, it, it's kind of uh, sometimes it can be kind of strange. Amen. I mean, it really can sometimes be kind of strange. I mean, I mean, have you ever noticed, and I don't understand this, but how, how often do we hear people, like we go to prayer meetings or whatever, and we go to prayer circles, and we hear people, and, and when they're talking to God, they feel a need to speak in the King James Version of the Bible. Have you, have you heard that? It's like, hello, God doesn't talk in the Queen's English. It's okay just to simply talk to God. It's okay to talk to God normally. And, and, you know, talk in the King James Version of the Bible and, and use really big words. Oh, omnipotent God, eternal in the heavens, the Father who sits high and looks low. And it's like, I don't know. I find that to be a little bit strange. I mean, God doesn't speak in King James Version of the Bible. And God, you don't have to use really big words when you're talking to God. You can just talk to God just like you talk to someone else. You don't have to talk to God in really big words. You don't have to use the Queen's English. You don't have to change your voice. Now, y'all know what I'm saying. You know, sometimes, and preachers are guilty of it, we get in the pulpit and all of a sudden, they become somebody else. It's like they you change a whole voice. And, and you got to, you know, they use like, duh, at the end of every word. It's like, and God wants you. And I'm like, hello, do you talk this way when you order a Taco Bell? I can't imagine. Oh, I want two tacos with some cheese. Glory. I want some sour cream. And the person taking your order, they're like, what? Is that what they mean by speaking in tongues? I don't get it. What's up with that? I mean, can you imagine driving up to the drive-thru and you're like taking the order? You'd be like, okay. You know, call 911 psycho in the parking lot, you know, because you don't do that. Nobody does that. That's hello. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to keep it real. Okay, I'm not trying to be offensive. Please don't misunderstand me. I don't understand it. That's all. When I see people in the food line, nobody walks up. Pastor Rodney, you picking up some milk, you know, grab me some beans, and, you know, I, and like, oh, yes, ah, God is good. Ah. I, I don't understand that. I, look, let me let me just say something here. All right. Because y'all family. Amen. Y'all family. All right. Can't we just talk to God like we talk to each other? Is that all right? Say amen. Just talk to God. Look, God help. 
You know, one of the most spiritual prayers spoken in the Bible is when Peter was walking on water. You remember. Peter was walking on water. Ha! No, just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it sunk. Ha! And I'm sorry. I'm just, this is fun. I mean, you know. And <laughs> I'm going to start preaching that way, as a matter of fact. Now I understand it. No. And, and, and Peter was walking on water. The waves began to overwhelm him. He started losing faith. And you know what he did? He saw Jesus. He said, help! Now, that's a spiritual prayer, y'all. Peter just says, he's sinking, he's, help! And what happened? And you know what I find is interesting about that prayer? Because that's a prayer. When you just say, help, that is a prayer. Right, you know what I find interesting? He didn't say in Jesus' name. You mean he prayed and he didn't, like, give the tagline? Because you got, oh, you know, Jesus, in Jesus' name is like the tagline. You have to say it. It's like, it's like over and out. Or, or, you know, you know, it's like Roger Dodger. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.